Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to the Believe in Raiders podcast from the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. We'll be joined by former Raider great Stanford route stand. I didn't think the Raiders uh, could, suffer, could suffer a more embarrassing loss to this season and get any lower, but tonight it did. The Raiders blew a late lead, uh, losing to the Rams 17-16 to and to a quarterback who just arrived uh, in L.A. two days ago, uh, Baker Mayfield, who somehow rallied this team uh, to go 98 yards in under two minutes with no timeouts left. Uh, as the Raiders fall 17-16, their three-game win streak goes by the wayside, and that seems like a complete waste now uh, following this, uh, like I said, another embarrassing loss. Uh, yeah, that was awful. Uh, and I say that just because of all the injuries that the Los Angeles Rams have had this year, having Baker Mayfield just get off the plane two days ago, and he's barely even able to digest even, what, maybe a quarter of the playbook, and that's probably rounding up. Uh, but I would say just how Derek Carr, two interceptions. Derek Carr, not a lot of passing yards. You look at, they tried to feed feature Josh Jacobs, obviously, like they've done for all of this year. But they're out there uh, running around like uh, the Las Vegas Raiders have the offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s. And it was very clear that the Rams were not going to allow those big chunks in rushing yards. So that's when you got to go to the pass. And Derek Carr, that's why you gave him 40-some-odd million dollars. And he's not able to go ahead and get it done in certain moments that are very intricate and very imperative of the Raiders being able to go ahead and pull away from the Los Angeles Rams. So I would say that was that was an awful performance because of everybody that the Rams had missing. And the Rams being three and nine so far this year and not looking like they're going to be doing any strides to improve. But if you're looking at this game from the same team that was last year with the Los Angeles Rams being the Super Bowl champions and then lose this game 16 to 17, I'm just going to simply say that's a tough loss. I'm going to say that's a it's a hard fought loss. They played a, a team that had a lot of talent and they were able to hang in there with them. They had a lead and they just simply could not hold on at the last second. But this Rams team now, that's just awful. Yeah, let me get. We'll get back to more analysis. Let me get the the, the promo read in here real quick for Bet Online. And basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online as your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL. MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. You know, Stan, on social media, I was reading that that Baker Mayfield might play. Uh, he wouldn't start, but he might play. And I'm thinking to myself, how in the world is someone going to come in in less than 48 hours, learn maybe, what, a third of the playbook, a quarter of the playbook, and somehow be effective, and then 
the, like I said, the, a 98-yard drive with under two minutes left, uh, no timeouts. Jerry Tillery, for some god-awful reason, after a sack, gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty to for a – that stops the clock. I, mm-hmm. I just think whatever the Raiders did, they got out to the big lead. Sorry, Stan, I'm just venting. But to me, they took their gas uh, – they took the foot off the pedal. I'm looking uh, at the play-by-play. Stan, the Raiders scored on the first three drives. A touchdown, a field goal, and another field goal. And I thought to myself, okay, the Raiders are handling their business tonight. They're coming out. They know they're a better football team. They're, uh, they're being efficient on offense. Their defense is playing well because, like I said – uh, Baker Mayfield just got there. And then I felt like Josh McDaniels went conservative. At the end of the first half, the Raiders had 25 running plays and just 13 passes. And it exactly. didn't get any better in the second half, Stan. Derek Carr completed two passes in the second half. That is it. To me, I wouldn't necessarily say that the that uh, Josh McDaniels took his foot off the gas because look what you just said. 25 rushes and 13 passes in the first half, correct? Yes. So they were already leaning on the run heavily. I mean, like, come on, like Josh Jacobs had like his 14th or 15th carry of the game. I'm talking about like five minutes into the second quarter. Right. So it just looks like the, that the Raiders wanted to lean on the run game. Obviously, some for some reason, they wanted to go ahead and, and lessen the passing load for Derek Carr. But to me, I wouldn't go as far as to say they took the foot off the gas because let's go ahead and remember this. The score is 13-3. We're texting during this drive. The Raiders have the ball at the end of the first half. Right. And then all of a sudden we're thinking, okay, that's at least three points. It'll be 16 to three going into the second half. Possibly could be 20 to three to really go ahead and step on their throat. I remember texting you yes. that exact phrase, step on their throat after Chandler Jones forces that fumble. And then all of a sudden we see Derek Carr with the ill-timed, ill-advised interception in the end zone. The Raiders walk away with no points. It's now 13 to three going into the half. Could have been 16 to three, could have been 20 to three. And I think that would have been the game for the Raiders right then and there. So I wouldn't go as far as to say that they took the foot off the gas. I would just simply say that the Rams defense started holding more stout. And then I think the Raiders offensively, and maybe this is a little bit of play calling, but I think player to player you're not seeing plays being made out there because Derek Carr that right that interception had nothing to do with Josh McDaniels play call that was just a bad mistake that really cost the Raiders seven points I do agree with you there Sam but at the same time Devontae Adams just three receptions tonight you got he's the best receiver in football man get him involved I mean they had done yes. such a great job over that the last three weeks he makes that spectacular one-handed grab for his first catch uh, of the night. And I still don't know how he caught uh-huh. that ball with Jalen Ramsey draped all over him. And then he had an, another beautiful reception on the other side of the field. And then right before the half, I believe he had a five-yard reception. And then that was it. And they had done such a done such a great job during this three-game winning streak of getting him the ball. But I felt like we went back to the, how they blow the, blew the lead against the Cardinals. They stopped getting him the mm-hmm. ball, I felt like, Stan. Oh, yeah, they did stop getting him the ball, but you also got to remember this. Like, you're not going to see top notch receivers have big games every single week. You're not going to see them have four to five or more catches every single week. Sometimes just the flow of the game, the defense may simply be shifting the coverage. They may have a safety rolled over there, things like that. You may have a linebacker buzzing through the curl. You're not going to always be able to have a a, a monster day out of your star receiver. That's just not how it goes. Now, obviously, from a fan perspective, obviously with us watching the game, wanting them to be successful, we want to see that. But that does not mean it's going to always be abundantly easy 
for an offensive coordinator or a play caller to go ahead and just get that guy the ball. And like I said, you can do it within receiver screens. You can do it within the now pass, a jet sweep, things like that. But as far as downfield, it's not something that is as easy as one would surmise it to be. So like I said, when you look at certain games this year, uh, 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 Devontae Adams has not had monster numbers. So that right there to me just goes to say that it's it, it's very easy to sit up and say that, oh, just get him the ball. But within the flow of the game, within the game plan, with, when, with what everybody has already led into this week as far as, okay, these are the plays that we're going to call, this is what we're going to lean on, whether it's the run versus the pass, or we're going to be balanced. There's a, just a, there's more factors that go into it than that. But nonetheless, this is definitely a blown lead, a blown game for Josh McDaniels, for Derek Carr, and for everybody, and especially on the defense coordinator and that defense. Dan, all, all losses are bad. Some hurt worse more than the other. But to me, out of if this was all look, yeah, I mean, if I'm looking this at the Colts awful. game, the Cardinals game, the Chiefs game, and the Jaguars, I think this is the worst loss. Yeah, the Chiefs, obviously, we lose into uh, Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and we got Andy Reid. Obviously, right. they had a big lead. Yes, but they blew that lead to at least some Super Bowl champions. Right. You then go, you, I mean, you blow the lead to the Arizona Cardinals, like, shame on you. You blow a lead to uh to the Indianapolis Colts with <laughs> newly uh interim head coach uh uh at ESPN Jeff yeah. Saturday that right there that's bad that that that's horrible this right here that's awful Baker Mayfield just getting off the plane forty eight hours removed coming over from being waved out of Carolina you got a Sean McVay who you could see on the sideline after the second touchdown even he was like oh man like wow we just did that <laughs> he's surprised. So I think that uh, given how much the Los Angeles Rams have lost within injuries and players this year, that's what makes this awful as far as the Raiders should have stepped on their throat at the end of the first half. They should have been able to go ahead and cruise to a victory in the second half and then let them hang around. And then Baker Mayfield was able to show signs as to why he was a Heisman Trophy winner, why he was the number one overall pick for the Cleveland Browns several years ago. And... The guy made some good throws. That's kind of the reason why he won the Heisman in college. So he's not a complete he's not a complete scrub. Obviously, we know that he's not one of the better starting quarterbacks in the league. That's why he's now on his third team. But he still is able to make some throws. And when you look at how Baker Mayfield was able to get the Rams back into the game, especially on that final drive, yes, you have the personal foul. You have him. Uh, the uh, you have the unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, you definitely have that. But when you look. The majority of the yards that Baker Mayfield had on that second drive, I'm sorry, this uh, the second touchdown uh, drive that won the game, you're seeing what? Goal balls on the outside. Everything was to the outside, Dan. Exactly, because that's an easier throw, because guess what? Baker Mayfield's been in this league. He's been playing football for a long time. You think Baker Mayfield doesn't know what a nine route is? Think he doesn't know what a dig route is? Think he doesn't know what a slant route is? So the thing is, is that he just has to understand the terminology and just the rhythm of the play calling for a Sean McVay. But as far as understanding that I've got a drop back pass, I got go routes on the outside, and I got to simply put the ball on the outside shoulder so my receiver has a chance to go up and get it. You don't need to be in anybody's organization for a lengthy period of time to know that. That's football one-on-one. And if you notice that final drive, 
They're not running a lot of exotic pass concepts or things like that. It's just simple backyard football. One-on-one, receiver got to beat the corner. He put the ball up there, gave his receiver a chance to go and get it, and that's exactly what happened. We see it was, I think, Skoranek on the first deep ball, yes. which, put the, uh, which put the Rams into Raiders territory. And then guess what? On the final one with Van Jefferson down that left sideline, if you look at the coverage, that was displayed by the Raiders. You're seeing Deron Harmon, who's looking like he's he's faking like he's down in the box, and then he gets back at the last second and looked like they were running a bracket on, I believe it was uh, Atwell, the slot receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. And then you see you have your rookie. Webb is a rookie, correct or incorrect? Uh, I believe so, yes. On Van Jefferson, your most veteran receiver for the Los Angeles Rams? You got a rookie, and I don't mean some guy that you took with the top 10 picks of the draft, like a Pat Sertain, who's over there against the most veteran receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. The most veteran guy, you got that guy singled up with a rookie on him. Baker Mayfield drops back to pass. He simply sees that you got one deep safety on the opposite side of the field. You got Deron Harmon, who's doing a bracket against the slot receiver, and then you got your guy over here, Van Jefferson, one-on-one with a rookie. Come on, Dennis Ackerman, you can make that throw, or should I say make that read? So to me right there, I think that uh, the defensive play calling, I think uh, that right there is just as much on them as it is the Raiders, the players simply not getting it done. When I saw that, I'm like, no, like that that's putting your defense in a bad position. That's not putting them in the best position to be successful. No, it's not. All right, Stan, so let me ask you this. Let's go back to the final two touchdowns that the Raiders gave up in the last, what, three minutes and 14 seconds. How much do you put on yes. the defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham? How much do you put on the Raiders? Because for the first, what, almost over 56 minutes, they held them to three points. And then how much do you give credit to Baker Mayfield? Oh, I give Baker Mayfield a good amount of credit. I really, really do. Obviously, I'm not somebody who's the greatest fan of his, but I got to give credit where credit's due. You look at certain points of the game where there was an all-out blitz that the Raiders were showing, and he hit, I think it was Skoranek on a nice dig pattern uh, over the middle of the field. And when you notice that the Rams went to more hurry up, more Mm -hmm. spread offense, that's when Baker Mayfield actually looked more comfortable because guess what? That's what he did at Lake Travis High School. That's what he did at Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. So I think that um, that's when you actually put him at his best. I think the Raiders should have gone a little bit more zone, a little bit more disguise zone, make Baker Mayfield actually have to read that defense, make him have to actually make those tight window throws. But for a spread offense quarterback, you go out there and you give him man coverage and you do not have a sauce Gardner. You do not have a Patrick Sertain. You do not have a Stephon Gilmore over there on the other side of the ball you're making it really easy on him because he's got to make easier reads and he does not have to hold the ball long. So now Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, Mad Max, they're not able to go to be as effective as they could be because the ball is able to go ahead and come out quicker because it's an easier read for Baker Mayfield. So yeah, defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, you definitely have to put a lot of that on his shoulders because I think that they could have had a better defensive play call. And I, I really do got to confuse Baker Mayfield. You're not going to be able to do that just simply by playing all-out blitz man or just man coverage, where now you're bracketing the guy who's the least veteran receiver out of the corpse. 
Dan, obviously the theme for the Raiders this year has been failure to close out games. Uh, yeah. How much do you put on Josh McDaniels? How much do you put on the players? How much, like you, you said right there, maybe put on the, the, the entire coaching staff? Uh, where does the blame lie? How, and how much fall- to who? It falls at the feet of the head coach. That's what it all comes down to. Just because this is your team, you're the face of the franchise. And then I think you got to put some of it on Derek Carr. Those two, t- those two interceptions. You just can't have those. Now, obviously, the last one was more of a desperation throw to a Devontae Adams across the middle. But right before the half, like that, that, that to me was just such a backbreaker. Even though you're up by ten points, you could have been up by seventeen points or possibly even just thirteen points. It just to me, you allowed them to stay in the game, and I think that would have really put them in a tailspin type of a situation if they're going into the half down 20 to three versus 13 to three. I just think that certain critical moments, we all know this in the game of football, it's all about momentum and you can literally suck the momentum away from a team with a, with a timely touchdown in a certain point of the game. And I think that uh, Derek Carr, I think he uh, had a blown opportunity right uh, before the half with that ill-advised interception that he threw. Obviously, looked like he was a little bit off balance, so you got to go ahead and just can't, and, and just can't completely uh, eviscerate him, but uh, that definitely is something that uh, there was a backbreaker for the Raiders. So you got to put this on defense coordinator Patrick Graham. You got to put this on head coach Josh McDaniels. You got to put this on Derek Carr. You got to put this on a secondary. You got to put this on everybody as far as not being able to get the job done, especially in the second half. And I think that it's going to be a long one hour flight from LA back to <laughs> Vegas, just because you know this is a blown, you know this is a blown uh, win, or should I say, uh, a, a blown lead, and it definitely is not going to set well with you because now you got ten whole days <laughs> for yeah. your next game, and I think that uh, it's something that everybody's going to be thinking about, and they're not going to soon forget this loss. Dan, you know, and you mentioned the Derek Carr play right before the end of the half, and Josh McDaniels and his post game presser saying, you know. I know everybody's going to think about the, 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 the two final drives that the Raiders gave up uh, as touchdowns, but he goes, there's usually about eight to 10 plays throughout an entire game. And yes. I thought one play very much so, you know, the Raiders t- had a 16 to three lead and they just forced a three and out with the Rams and the Rams were punting and Cleve Farrell for uh, some inexcusable reason yep. decides to jump yep. off sides. You're ahead 16 to three. Why are you jumping off sides on a punt when you're going to get the football back? And theoretically you could probably just put the nail in the coffin I mean, those are the mm-hmm. type of the little things that I that I've noticed that that's why they lose seventeen to sixteen. To me, that and that one was just the play that jumped out to me that I couldn't let go. And the Rams took advantage. They went down and scored and made it sixteen to ten. Yeah, and and that's where you know everybody's going to go when they're going to get on web about giving up that final touchdown and oh he blew the game he lost the game and just like what you said uh, with Josh McDaniels like there's so many things that go on during the course of a game that you can point to as to why this team lost as to why this team won and when you go and you just look at the stats like do you understand or do you know <laughs> right now the yards that the Raiders amassed throughout the entirety of the game. Well, I'm looking also, so I know. But, I mean, they just so, over 300, Stan, but I think they had over 200 in the first half, right? Exactly, but let's go ahead and look. Derek Carr, 11 of 20. Right. So he's barely 50%. Yep. Barely. 137 passing yards. 6.9 average. How many touchdowns? 0.0. And two interceptions. Yep. So 
I mean, that right there, you just look at that against this Rams defense. And by the way, uh, let me ask some. How many sacks did Aaron Donald have today? Uh, zero, because Aaron Donald was not even on the field. Oh, sh- he didn't even play. <laughs> also, Aaron Donald didn't even play. Nope. And we're having those pedestrian numbers out of the pass game. So, I mean, that's why it, it, it's a team uh, it's a team effort, or should I say a team loss. So that's why when you ask that question, there's so many different levels of this game. There's so many different aspects of this game, which led to the loss. The defense gave up big plays when they didn't need to give up big plays. The defensive coordinator put the defense in position to give up certain plays when they didn't have to, knowing that you don't have, like I said, a Sauce Gardner, a Stephon Gilmore, a Patrick Sertain out there at the cornerback position, or a Darius Slay. You know, I can go all the way down the list. Looking at how you could see how Josh Jacobs, there were times where, like I said, he had to leave the game. He had to go get x-rays on his, what was his, ring finger or the pinky finger. I'm sorry, I forget which one it was. So he's a little banged up. You got to be able to have different people that you can go ahead and call on. You can't just lean on uh, Josh Jacobs, and you could clearly see Josh Jacobs rushing yards, 27 catch, uh, carries, 99 yards. That's less than four yards to carry. Yep. So just off of that alone, now you got to do what? Your run game isn't working, so what do you got to do? You now got to go justice. to the pass game. Exactly. Couldn't go to the couldn't go to the pass game. No. So that's why this right here to me was a team loss. It was a team letdown, a team breakdown. I'm not just going to put that on the defense coordinator. Not just going to put it on the corners. Not just going to put it on the run game. Not just going to put it on the pass game. You got to put this on everybody. There's areas where everybody could have done XYZ better. They could have done XYZ differently for this to at least come out with a victory. But I'm going to tell you like this. I already was thinking going in, go, uh, go, uh, going down the stretch in the third and fourth quarter, I'm already thinking to myself that as we do this episode after the game, DA, I'm already thinking that you're going to ask me, okay, how did the Raiders play? And I'm assuming the Raiders are going to squeak it out and walk away with a three-point victory. And I'm already tell I'm already telling myself, yeah, even if they win this game, they played awful. Right. Because the team that they're playing against, the players that are missing, no Stafford, no Cup, no Aaron Donald. Like I believe the the Rams had 16 returning starters from last year. I believe it was. That is correct. You're watching the tape. Yes. 16 returning starters, and there's only five that have played every game this year. They've had a lot of injuries. So just off of that alone, even minus Baker Mayfield coming in 48 hours being the quarterback. Just the simple fact of not having Matthew Stafford, not ha- not having Cooper Cup, not having Aaron Donald, you got to blow this team out the water. And they didn't do that. So even if they win the game, I'm still saying, given the circumstances, contextually, they played awful. No, they didn't. I'm looking at some more numbers, Stan. The red zone, the Raiders were one for four, including that uh, Derek Carr interception. They had uh, seven penalties for 94 yards. I mentioned the Cleve Farrell. Uh, jumping off sides on fourth down, giving the uh, Rams life, and they took advantage with the touchdown. The Jerry Tillery uh, unsportsmanlike penalty after the sack. I mean, Stan, that stops the clock. The clock would have continued to run after the Raiders come up with a big sack. The two turnovers, uh, I just, it, like you said, Stan, I mean, I think the Raiders came out uh, that felt like they were going to handle business. They put 13 points on the board, and I just thought, I don't know, I just feel like Josh McDaniels does not know how to coach with a lead for whatever reason. And this team just cannot figure out how to close games. And it's just another gut-wrenching 
uh, heartbreaking loss. I don't know how many of my friends texted me saying, you know, what happened? Uh, a, a new low. I, there's just so many ways to describe it. But the bottom line is, Stan, they're five and eight. This season's over. Their faint uh, playoff hopes, uh, if there were any, are completely gone. So, Stan, where do they go from here? Uh, four games left in the season. They got the Patriots at the Steelers and then home against the 49ers and Chiefs uh, to finish this disappointing 2022 season. I think you just got to finish strong. I think that, uh, like I said, you know, right now they're five and eight. You know, I've just finished game number 13. You got four more games. You just want to finish strong. You're five and eight. You can still finish the year with a winning record and be nine and eight. Obviously, that's probably not going to get you to the playoffs, uh, but it definitely is a positive note. So right now, when you ask what's, what's the agenda, what's the objective for this last month of the season, finish with a winning record. Simply easier said and realistically though, Stan. Oh no, it, I didn't I say told, I didn't say it's gonna be easy. No, that no, should no. be the objective. That is the objective. But when I tell you with those four teams, the way this team plays, the Raiders, they clearly week in and we out play, week in and week out play to the level of their competition. You see six wins, you see seven, you see eight, you see nine. Look into your crystal ball for me. What are you seeing? Oh man. I okay. Let me go ahead and make sure that I'm <laughs> right where I <laughs> right where I need to be at as far as mentally. Uh we got the Steelers, the Patriots, yep. the 49ers, the Chiefs. And three out of those I think four. Reali- I think realistically, realistically, I could see the Steelers is a victory. Okay. The Patriots, they're still led by Bill Belichick. Uh the Patriots have something to play for. You got Bill Belichick, obviously one of the best ever, who's still somebody that I believe he's going to have Josh McDaniel's number. That's what I personally believe. Um, you got the 49ers who are still fighting to try to go ahead and get the seeding that they need within the playoffs. Obviously, they're going to have Brock Purdy as their quarterback. They're not going to have Jimmy G. Week 18 will be uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. That game right there, because it'll be at home, and because, good chance, the Chiefs will have already wrapped up number one seed, number two seed. Let's say they falter, something like that. Good chance you will probably see um, Pat Mahomes back up. You'll probably see the Chiefs try to go ahead and put the, take the foot off the gas. So that could be a victory just by default. So that right there to me is why I could very well see the Raiders winning two of these final four games and then finishing um, seven and ten. Yeah, I think they got a better shot, actually, at beating the Patriots. I do. I just don't think New England's that good. But then again, like you said, you've got the Bill Belichick factor. So I I don't know why. For some reason, I do think the Raiders are going to win that one. I don't think they're going to win at Pittsburgh going on the road. I know they're going to face a rookie quarterback. uh, But December in Pittsburgh, I think, is going to be tough. And then I think they're going to lose their last two. And unfortunately, I think they're going to finish 6-11, and which I don't think anybody would have predicted before this season started. And I think you can make the case. Still, that the Raiders, the Broncos, and maybe Green Bay, I guess, are probably the three most disappointing teams uh, in the yep. NFL this season, you know, and it just, uh, you know, it sounds like a broken record, but the way this team cannot finish all these heartbreaking losses, uh, you know, what it could have, should have. But uh, as Bill Parcell says, you, you are what your record says you are. And now they are five and eight after losing to the Rams, 17 to 16. The Rams uh, snapped a six game losing streak, and now they're four. 
four and nine, and like you said, Stan, the Raider, this is going to sit with you for what ten days? Oh, no doubt about it. <laughs> no doubt about it. Even longer than that. Like, I mean, I think that um, obviously, I, I don't think that um, uh, Josh McDaniels, I don't think his job is totally in jeopardy because this is is his first year. Uh, so Mark Davis will probably go ahead and give him some time. But it's games like this that you think back whenever somebody gets traded, gets released, or somebody gets fired. And, uh, it's games you look back like this and, man, we would have had that game on that Thursday night. Maybe the season turns around a different way. Or maybe it just moves a different way, something like that. So this is definitely something that's going to stick with a lot of guys in that locker room. Well, think about it, Stan. Jacksonville, 17 to nothing. Okay. Arizona, 20 to nothing. Kansas City, you know, like you talked about, I mean, they blew that one. There's no, no, nothing embarrassing about losing a 17 nothing lead to Kansas City. They're a great football team. Yeah. Uh, but you then you blow this one tonight. That's three wins right there. That's eight and five exactly. instead of five and eight. Exactly my point. <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals game, the Cardinals game, the Chiefs game, the Jaguars game, this game right here, Indianapolis. Yeah. That's trust me, at the end of the season, you're gonna look back. I can remember 2010. I remember we went eight and eight, and right. we barely missed making the playoffs. The Kansas City Chiefs won the division that year, and we swept the division, mind you. We swept the division right. 2010, went six and zero against all the division uh teams, and I remember distinctly. The Jacksonville Jaguars, we had a lead. We blew it. The Arizona Cardinals in week three, we blew that lead and missed the field goal late at the end of the game. And then the San Francisco 49ers, we went into the fourth quarter up 17-9, to I believe. And we wound up losing that game, I think 24-17, something like that. We went into that into the fourth quarter, we were up 17-9. And so those are the three games that if we win those games, we're 11-5. And we're playing Wild card Saturday, wild card Saturday or wild card Sunday, I think against the Baltimore Ravens to start off the postseason that year. So at the end of the year, you're always going to think about those games that you blew where you just simply gave it to the other team like the Raiders have done numerous times this year. You know what, Stan, was remarkable to me? You and uh, it was remarkable to me as you and I have been doing this podcast for a while. You remember losses like that, like right off. <laughs> yeah. They're right on the tip of your they, they every single you. time. But the wins, you're kind of like, eh, something like this, something like that. But those losses, man, they're still fresh in your mind, aren't they? And you haven't even played oh, how long in the NFL? How many years has it been? I know you played eight years, but how long has it been, been since you actually decade. played? My, a decade. My last and, year in the NFL was 2012. And you still remember these losses like they were yesterday, Stan. That's unbelievable to me. Yeah, that, they stick with you because, you know, it's one thing you go – you have a you have a good game. You have a victory. Guess what? You get victory Monday. You don't even watch the damn film afterwards. But those losses, man, the feeling in the facility the next day when you got to go in there and watch that game, knowing that you have certain negative plays or just as a defense, knowing that you gave up uh, a certain lead or as an offense, knowing that you went out there and just laid an egg offensively. Those games you remember because it's it's. It's probably easier to remember your your darkest days or it's easier to remember your your biggest blunders than it is probably your biggest triumphs because you go out there, you expect to play good. So when you play good, you're happy, but it's something that you can easier remember the bad games because that's what you don't want to have happen. That's what you practice so you can avoid things like that. And whenever you miss out on something in life, especially going to the playoffs back in the 2010 season, whenever you miss out on something, you are very cognizant and aware 
of the actions that you committed, you're very aware of the missteps that did not happen or some that did happen that was just a mistake that led to you missing out on some uh some elusive prize that you were trying to obtain so yeah uh, you always remember the losses more than the wins man you always do final question for you which loss still hurts you the most i would probably have to go with which loss hurts the most i would probably have to go with my final game with the oakland raiders 2011 we played the San Diego Chargers, mm. and we started off the year seven and four. Mm-hmm. We wound up going one and five in the month of December. We peed down our leg down the stretch. And I remember we lost the division to Tim Tebow, the Denver Broncos, and they lost that final Sunday. They mm-hmm. lost. And all we had to do was beat the Chargers. And it was number one was my last game as a Raider. That's number one. Number two, I would probably say, and even more importantly than then uh, reason number one was at the old Oakland Coliseum. Yep. The Broncos lost and their game finished before ours was done. And our fans are literally chanting Denver lost, Denver lost, Denver lost. It's just, you know, not even a subliminal sign or a subliminal <laughs> message. Like it's, it's, a, it's a, a, a loud message basically telling us, man, get your going and win this game so we can be in the playoffs for crying out loud. And obviously, we did not accomplish that. So I'd probably say that was, that was to answer your question, that was probably the most gut-wrenching, hardest to forget, uh, the one that keeps you up at night, the one that makes you shake your head, uh, lost it uh, I ever had. Yeah, well, this fan base has certainly suffered a lot of gut-wrenching losses over the past two, two decades. And tonight's stand certainly has to rank right up there as they blow a 16-3 to lead in the final three yeah. minutes and, and lose to the uh, – Los Angeles Rams 17 to 16 snaps a three game losing streak. The Raiders fall to five and eight and their playoff hopes uh, pretty much all but vanish. So good stuff, partner. Uh, I wish we could end this one on a happier note. I thought it was going to be one of those where we squeaked it out, but uh, unfortunately they could not. So that's going to do it for this one. Ladies and gentlemen, Raider nation. Thanks so much for listening for my partner, Stanford route. I'm Dennis Sackerman. May all your punts find the coffin corner. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.